Hey, welcome to the Youth Pastor Theologian Podcast, where theology and youth ministry meet. You can learn more about Youth Pastor Theologian online at youthpastortheologian.com or find us on social media at Youth Theologian. I'm your host, Mike McGarry. Thanks for joining us for this conversation about practicing theology and youth ministry. I'm excited to talk with you today and introduce my friend, Kristen Hatton. And so Kristen is a Christian counselor in Dallas, Texas. She's the author of multiple really, really wonderful youth ministry books and books for teenagers and for parents. And we're here talking about her latest book, Parenting Ahead, Parenting Now for the Teen Years and about how youth workers can be encouragers to parents in their ministry. Kristen, welcome. How are you doing? Mike, I'm good. This is so fun to be on here with you. We have a a long history through Rooted Ministry, so I love reconnecting here. I know. This is so fun. This is wonderful. Um, And so partnering with parents is something that is dear to both of our hearts and something that youth pastors talk about a lot but really struggle to do. So I'm excited to, to talk with you about your book and to pick your brain a bit on how can we really do that. Uh, but first, I want to hear a little bit about you as a teenager. So could you tell us a little bit about your first car or maybe your first car accident or, or speeding ticket or tell us a little bit about your early driving experiences. (laughs) My family is going to love that you just asked me that question because it's kind of a running joke in our family, especially once my teenagers became drivers because they knew their mother's history. So uh, when I turned 16, I had three incidents within the first two months of becoming a new driver. That's a lot. Uh, Two were minor. Two were minor. One was I sideswiped my garage and... The wall. Well, they, they move very fast right in the way while you're driving. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So um, we had a banner that my mom had had printed at one point for, I think it was my dad's birthday. And so we just hung the banner over the, the nice hole that I had left in the <laughs> <laughs> the side of the garage. It, it took a while before we actually let my dad know what happened. But oh, um, no. then... I was in a rush one day leaving my high school and there was, you know, a sporting event going on. And so the buses were lined up the way they do around the side of the school yeah. near where the gym and the track and all the athletic facilities are. But I was trying to reverse backwards because I didn't want to wait. Yep. And so I sideswiped a school bus, which <laughs> oh, is so no, embarrassing that's horrible. because all the kids Everyone on the bus, in the bus were like, Oh, yeah. And people around, you know, walking out into the parking lot. Oh so gosh. many people saw it. That That's was mortifying. So embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> um, and then, so those were minor. They didn't really do much damage other than just scratches, yeah. you know. But um, the third one, I was leaving. The, I was a soccer player and I was leaving at the um, field and I didn't see. I drove a big Bronco and, and one of my teammates, an older teammate, uh, was right behind me and I didn't see her in her little car and I just reversed right smack into her and just crunched her car. Oh no. It was awful. 
and she was kind of a teammate that I was intimidated by. Yeah. I mean, I was a sophomore. Yeah. She was a senior. And oh my goodness! Anyway, that did not help. Thankfully, I can tell you, I've I've greatly improved. I mean, it's hard to go down from that, right? So, well, you know <laughs> what? It's better to to begin that way than to still be <laughs> that way. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, and my kids had that in their favor, right? Because now I have three right. kids that are college or older, so. You know, driving, it, it was what made me the most nervous as a mom of teenagers. And But they always knew that I had to give somewhat a, amount of grace yep. because of my yeah, exactly. own track record. Exactly. Oh, that's so fun. Um, so you are coming out with this new book, Parenting Ahead. Uh, could you just tell us a little bit about, tell us a little bit about the book and why did you write it? Yeah, so it's been a book in my head for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. Um, my, so I have three children. My youngest is nineteen, and so I've been a parent of teen. My oldest is almost twenty-five, so I've been a parent of teenagers and young adults for over a decade now. Yeah. And in those years of parenting teens and young adults, I've noticed so much fear in parents—fear of messing up, not getting it right, or not being the perfect parent fear about what our children will face, fear of what is coming at us in culture, fear for our children's safety, their well-being, their success, their Mm -hmm. acceptance, peer groups. I mean, it just runs the gamut, right? We have a lot of fear. Um, At the same time, I've also noticed among parents in the teen years, so parents that are already there, just this false belief that what we say and do doesn't matter anyway, that teens are going to be teens. And so they kind of just throw their hands up resolve to not even try anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so this book is meant to encourage either type of parent uh, to help us see that what we do and what we don't do matters greatly. Yeah. That we are the number one influencers in our children's lives, even when they are teens, but that also we're not going to get it all right. But because Jesus is everything for us, that we are not, our justification is in His perfection and not ours, which frees us. Um and we can take our fears to him. We can deal honestly with our fears, the idolatry that's driving them, to live redemptively with mm-hmm. one another. So really, I, I mean, it's not a book of formulas. I mean, I don't believe in formulas. Yeah. <laughs> there is no perfect parent. There yeah. is no path. All of our children are different. But to really lead us to Jesus and to put our hope in him. Yeah, that's so good. Um, so towards the beginning of the book, you say something that I think is really important. And um, I have two kids of my own. So my son, Matt, is 15. My daughter, Hannah, is 12. And so I'm I'm right there. So I'm very interested <laughs> in your book and, and, and think it's really, really good. Um, and this is a really good reminder for me. Right? And so you say, parenting is a long-range endeavor. But in our culture of instant results, with an added desire for ease, it's easy to grow weary with the day-in, day-out struggle of parenting. Could you elaborate a little bit on that and maybe share some ways that youth workers uh, could also help parents to keep that long-range insight? Sure, yeah. Parenting's exhausting, right? Every stage, as wonderful as it may be, Mm -hmm. in some ways it's also really hard. Yeah. And I think especially hard is the call to shepherd our children, to discipline our children. Also, just 
the daily grind. I yeah. mean, whether it's meal prep, cleanup, carpooling, schoolwork, chores, all the things. I mean, all it's, the it's things. exhausting. All the things. So it's easy to lose sight of yeah. the long range because we're just inundated with the here and now. Yeah. And so in the book, I talk about uh, the farmer from James 5, which James talks to us about, you know, the farmer who's, who's growing his crops. And yet we know that it takes patient endurance. Like those crops, if anyone listening is a gardener, I mean, those crops just don't come up overnight. It takes work. It takes endurance. It takes um, pulling the weeds. It takes, you know, and pesticide to keep out the rodents and, and all the things, um, the weather that we have no control over. Yeah. And, and over time, then finally, eventually, the farmer's going to see these crops start to come about. And so I think parenting as a farmer with that perspective that like, okay, what I'm doing day in and day out matters, even if it doesn't seem like it, even if it seems like maybe we're going backwards, but all these seeds that we're planting, all these conversations Mm -hmm. with intention that we're having, it matters. So for the youth worker, I think helping parents to not lose sight of that eternal perspective, just encouraging parents um, to, to, be reminded that what they are doing does matter. But also, I think youth workers can encourage parents to parent to the heart and not just behavioral change. That's good. Because in those day in and day out moments, I think we just want to see our, we want obedient kids. Yeah. Um, We want to just fix it. We don't want to take the time maybe to really parent to the heart. Mm -hmm. But the question that needs to be asked is, do we want moral kids or do we want kids who love Jesus? And so moral kids may do the right thing, but like the Pharisees, their hearts may be so far from the Lord. So these are the kids who look to their own goodness as an indicator of their spiritual health. And I see a lot of parents doing that too. We look to our kids' obedience mm-hmm. um, to, to think that we're doing okay as parents or they're doing okay, but um, they could be so far from, from the Lord. And so really slowing down and seeing that it, it's it's about the heart. And I want children who know they need Jesus. Yes. And that's a lot of what this book is about is in the in our failures, in the sin, in our sin, in our kids' sin, how God is using all of that to sanctify both our children and us to bring us to see our need more deeply so that we learn to live and depend on Him. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really good. So uh, I guess a follow-up to that is... When we talk about gospel centrality, right? And I know that's something that we both talk about a lot. Um, uh-huh. I think we've also both heard people misuse that a lot and think that's not what that means. Um, and so I- I've read a lot of gospel-centered parenting type of books that make it sound like you should never correct your kids because you just want to give them grace. And that's not mm-hmm. what I'm hearing you say either, right? So like what... What is the role of the gospel in kind of sometimes calling our kids to repentance and yet giving them grace and being merciful and patient and all the things? Um, what is the role of the gospel in in parenting? Yeah, that's a good question. Because you're right. Sometimes I think we just label anything Christian as gospel-centered. Right. Um and yet, it's not really about the work and worth of Christ yeah. and seeing our need. And so, you know, if if my children do something, um, I can parent from a grace-based 
perspective. And yet that does not mean that there are not consequences mm-hmm. for their actions. Right. Um, really, I grace to me is entering in as a fellow fallen sinner. And mm-hmm. so I can identify with my children in their sin. I can have compassion on them in the same way that Jesus had yeah. compassion on sinners. Um, and so helping them to see their sin, but then leading them to see who Jesus is for them, why we need him. Um, I mean, grace is just saying, it, it, I mean, if, if that's the perspective, oh, I'm not going to correct them at all. I'm just going to give them grace. Well, that's not grace at all. Like that's leading them to just do whatever they want. That's antinomianism. That's not the gospel. (laughs) Exactly. That is not the gospel. No, the gospel is seeing our need for a savior, knowing that we are sinners um, in need of his grace Mm -hmm. and holding out to them who Jesus is, his work and worth for us so that we come Mm -hmm. to rest in his work for us. So, you know, when we get to the heart of what's driving maybe our behavior, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, I can enter in, really, I I talk a lot about idolatry because it's, it's what's in my heart, what's driving me, what's causing me to do what I do or what's causing my child to do what I do. And there's a story in the book that talks about when one of my sons um, did something and he got caught with a vape and I, um, was able to, we were able to enter in with him not because I have grace on him smoking a vape, but because I realized the reason he took it is he didn't want to look bad in front of his friends. Yeah. Well, I get that. I want others to view me favorably too. I worry what yeah. other people think of me. And so I can enter in alongside him, identifying as a sinner, like I get that. And so then instead of ostracizing him or just grounding him and just thinking, you know, that's going to correct the behavior, we're dealing with the heart of what's driving it. And I can come in alongside him um, with compassion in that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. So this is getting to one of the things that you talk about in the book about overparenting and underparenting. What do you mean by those phrases? And maybe can you give an example of each? Yeah. Um, so overparenting could be synonymous with, with what we all kind of think about as helicopter parenting. Yep. Um, and while parents in this category tend to be warm, supportive, and responsive, when those qualities are coupled with a high level of control, parents exhibit too much responsiveness and over-involvement for what is appropriate for a child's age. Yeah. And then on the other side, underparenting, and I don't mean um, underparenting to be neglectful or uninvolved parents. Rather, it references the permissive parent. Mm-hmm. So their desire is for their kids to be happy. They want to have a good relationship. I mean, those things are fine. However, you know, if that becomes our ruling idol, then then our permissiveness may exhibit through our failure to exert parental authority or to mm-hmm. set and enforce limits, just an, an abdication of, our, of shepherding our kids. We just yeah. kind of give in to, to what they want. Um, interesting, both of these parenting styles, um, research shows that young adults, whether they were overparented or underparented, you know, we see all these college-age kids who are struggling, yeah. um, anxiety, depression, low self-efficacy, entitlement, just to name a few. Um, those are resulting from either type of parenting, which I think is fascinating mm-hmm. because we tend to be 
pretty as parents, I think judgmental of parents doing things differently than we are. And yet kids are ending up kind of in the same boat with these same type of struggles. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's an interesting anecdote. Um, In one of my uh, classes that I took with Duffy Robbins a number of years ago, he used the analogy of repelling. So imagine that uh, parents are at top of the cliff and your kids are repelling up a mountain. And he said, you know, to use your phrases, parents who overpel, overparent are like pulling their kids up the rope, right? And so it's like, right. but the kid's not actually climbing. And then it's dangerous for that kid to be dragged up the face of the mountain. So they cut the rope because it's safer for them to free climb than it is for them to be dragged up the mountain. And at the same time, other parents who underparent leave so much slack in the rope, they're not sure if they fall, are they going to, will anyone catch them? And so then they're Mm. just frozen and they don't climb and they don't move because they're not sure if anyone's going to catch them if they fall. And that uh, Duffy was saying that, that what we want as parents and as disciplers is we want there to be enough tension in the rope that we're guiding kids um, without dragging them. And there's enough tension there that they know if they make a bad move and if they fall, they're going to be caught. And I always thought that was a really helpful analogy um, that as you're describing this overparenting and underparenting kind of just bubbled up so yeah that's a great visual just a a word picture yeah i have to borrow that yeah really good yeah it's not me that's duffy robbins so (laughs) um so when youth workers kind of see this happening because sometimes we do and it can be awkward Mm -hmm. and it can be difficult um i'm not sure if there really is a right answer (laughs) to this but what what advice do you have for youth workers who are questioning, should I say something? Um, you know, th- this kid is struggling with things and it's because their their parents are either over-parenting or under-parenting. And well, we're supposed to partner with parents, aren't we? So h- how do we how do we navigate those really sensitive and potentially volatile um issues and, and conversations? Yeah, and you're right. That takes a lot of <laughs> prayer and knowing how to navigate yeah. with individual parents yeah. because we all respond differently to um again, it goes back to the parents' hearts. So, so I think gently we can um probe, be curious, you know, like what's what's driving them to do what they're doing or maybe making observations, you know, I noticed that your son seems to be struggling, tell me more. Tell me more is always a great question just yeah. to kind of get a parent to elaborate. Kristen, um, your, so in, your, you your, have... your counselor is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> tell me exactly. more. Yeah. Tell That's me a more. Great counseling question. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, just to get more entryway or a backdoor entrance into parents, but, but also, I mean, something I said before, you know, do we want moral kids or do we want kids who love Jesus? And, and so sometimes, you know, we have to help parents see that they're hindering their children, um, whether it's 
knowing their need for Jesus or the equipping to actually be able to be an adult who can handle tasks and mm-hmm. responsibilities by themselves. Um, but any way that we can help parents, I think, see the idols that are ruling their own hearts, like what's behind that? Why Why are they over-parenting? Why are they under-parenting? Yeah. What is it they are looking for, really, for control? I think we want to know. I mean, I think so many parents tend to overparent because we want we it's good intentions. I mean, yeah. we have a we want our children safe. We want them to be successful. But what are we what are we really looking to for? You know, resting in. I guess you know, is it their success? Is it yeah. their college admittance? You know, like what are we putting our hope in, or is it Jesus? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, how specifically to go about having those conversations with individual parents takes probably a relationship with those parents knowing, you know, how to enter in best with, with each individual. But, but I think seminars are a great way to just kind of have this overall teaching deal with the heart of the parents. I always say um, parenting starts with the heart of a parent. Yeah. So when a youth leader can, can get a bunch of parents in the room and have a seminar, um, then it, just opens the doorway where then parents are wrestling internally. And, I, and I've seen with my own husband being a pastor that that often leads parents to seek him out. And then they're yeah. asking the questions and then it's, it's easier to be a little bit more direct. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's good. I, I think I, I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud too. Um, I think one of the ways that youth workers can do it is indirectly too. And how do you talk about discipline and expectations at youth group and on youth retreats or missions trips and things like that, that maybe the way that we frame things ourselves might be something that could open up conversations where student, where parents might be open to talking about it. I don't know. Cause that, yeah, I just, I wouldn't want, a, a listener to hear this and say, "All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the hard thing," and, and it's just like that relationship with that parent is then trashed. Um, but also, sometimes there there is a place to approach the conversation sideways that then opens it up um, in some really productive ways. So, yeah, that's good. Um, uh, it takes a lot of wisdom yeah, and prayer. Lots, lots of wisdom and prayer. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so a lot of our, our listeners are youth pastors. Um, a lot of youth pastors tend to be in their twenties. So it's likely that they do not have teenagers of their own yet. Um, so if, if you're a a youth pastor who is unmarried or maybe you are married, but you don't have kids, or maybe you are married, but your kids are still very young, um, these types of things, right? It, it can be a situation where you can kind of feel like you don't really have much to contribute to parents, or I'm not going to tell a parent how to parent their kids because I, I don't know what I'm doing yet. And that's probably wise to a large degree. Um, but what do those youth pastors and what do those youth leaders have to offer parents um, that can help them to parent their teenagers in light of the gospel? Yeah, I love this question, Mike. In fact, in our church, we have, that's 
the majority of the youth leaders that we mm-hmm. have, they are either single or young married. Um, yeah. But what I so often see from parents is parents outsource their kids to youth leaders and yeah. counselors yeah. to do, in a sense, the hard work of parenting. And so as a counselor, I see myself and the youth leader that you're describing in the same boat. Um, we can play a great role in the life of the teenager, and yet without the involvement of or partnering with the parents, we can influence a team, but we can't change the family system, right? And so, I think it's so important just this idea that that you and I both talk about is is partnering with parents. So, I see the need for youth leaders and the church um, at large to view their role in partnering with parents, coming alongside parents to help them not to abdicate from their God-given role and to see that they still are the number one influence. So, even a youth pastor who's unmarried or doesn't have children or doesn't have older children you don't have to have your own firsthand experience because you know the gospel and parents need help applying the gospel in very specific ways. So you don't have to come at it as like, I have this firsthand experience. I mean, here I've written a parenting book and yet, I mean, I'm no parenting expert. I'm no perfect parent. Um, You're not? But I can come up. Oh my goodness. I mean, no. I mean, if (laughs) anyone, I mean, we have our, we have our problems just like everybody else. Um, So, I think, but when we know the gospel story and we can, and we can identify again as a fellow fallen sinner, um, we can come in alongside parents, step into that space of mm-hmm. equipping parents to help them see like, what is it to live redemptively with each other? How do you enter in and identify with your children? How does law do nothing to change a heart? Um, and, and, and so often I, what I see is that we don't practically know these things that we talk about, or I guess the living out the gospel. We, we may know the gospel, but fleshed out, what does that look like? Um, and so I see that in the counseling room too, that sometimes what I hear from kids is, is they see their parents sin and yet their parents self-justify and they sweep it under the rug and they yeah. never apologize. Yeah. And so just in those ways of like encouraging parents to, admit your own sin, to ask for forgiveness, to enter in with your children. What does that look like? To be curious, to um, slow down and to relate relationally. You know, we're, our families are so busy going in a million different directions. Yeah. And sometimes I think we think we're spending time with our children when really, you know, it's all about an agenda and getting on to the next activity. Yeah. So I think youth leaders have a lot to to help Parents, again, back to perspective, um, an eternal perspective, and just yeah. constantly helping to reorient um, our lives, or, or parents' lives, around the gospel. And it, you can be single, you can be in a totally different stage, right? We need the, the church universal, we need everybody of all stages, but when we have the gospel, we, we're all more alike than we are different in our different stages yeah. and roles. That's really good. So if if a listener is hearing you and thinking, you know, I really need to renew my commitment to to really encourage and partner with parents. Um what what advice would you have for that youth leader about what is what is one way that every youth worker can encourage and support parents? You know, I, th- I really 
think building a relationship with the parents and whether that's having a quarterly, you know, just fellowship time, but, but, but seeking to speak to them. Even when I was um, leading a Bible study uh, for my daughter and her friends, I always wanted to be in communication with the parents. I always wanted them to know what I'm teaching and and to give them maybe discussion questions that they can have Mm -hmm. around their own dinner table. Like I didn't want to take the role of like, I'm your daughter's teacher and there's no need for you now. I wanted instead to equip them to come alongside, like, here's what we're talking about now, you know, in your home, because I only have an hour and you have all, you know, you're with your child more than anyone else. Yeah. Um, Just helping them come in alongside what you're teaching and talking about. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much for for being here. Thank you for writing this book. I really think that it's going to be a great encouragement uh, to parents. And um, I'm looking forward to uh, digging through the rest of it myself. And so um, how could people follow you on social media? What platforms do you prefer using? And if anyone had questions for you, how could they, how could they reach you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and thank you for having me. It was great to be a part of this conversation and, and I hope encouraging, encouraging yeah, to yeah, the people really listening. Fun. But um, I am, um, Redemptive Parenting is my Instagram account that I use. I, my website is my name, kristenhatton.com. My books are published by New Growth Press and are available there at New Growth Press and on Amazon. Um, through my website or Instagram, people are welcome to reach out with any questions or follow-up that they may have. All right, great. So give us a quick um, 30-second snapshot of Get Your Story Straight, um, FaceTime, and I'll also just add uh, my daughter's Sunday school class is going through your Bible study on Exodus, and it has been really awesome. And so oh it's always gosh, fun seeing it. her carrying around her little, uh, her Exodus study booklet and thinking, my friend wrote that. And so oh, I'll, have I to, love it. I'll have to share this. You have to send me a picture. I'd love to know, see those Sunday school kids so with your books. So Kristen, you're teaching my daughter's Sunday school class uh, virtually. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so if you could just share a little bit about Get Your Story Straight and FaceTime. So those books have been really, yeah. really helpful for me in my ministry over the years. Well, thank you. I um, I mentioned leading my daughter's Bible study, and that started when she was in middle school. But I saw way back then that there was very little gospel-centered material for teenagers. And so I started writing my own curriculum and had no intention or dream ever of writing a book. But I just saw this void. And so Get Your Story Straight is my first book. It's for teenage boys and girls year-long devotional book um, that walks you through what is the gospel and then fleshes it, fleshes it out um, in practical ways of what that looks like. Um, and then FaceTime is for teenage girls dealing with um, finding our identity in Christ. And Exodus is, I really, I mean, again, there wasn't much in the way of Bible-based material for teenagers. Yeah. And I especially think finding Jesus in the Old Testament, we we often don't know what to do with the Old Testament. And yeah. so to me, I was so excited. To, for me, I mean, it's a whole series that my Exodus book is a part of, but they started with Exodus, which I loved because I really want people to see the one big story of God from a 
from Genesis mm-hmm. to Revelation. And so Exodus, I mean, there's no better place to start than to, to see that redemptive plan in place. Agreed. Thank you so much. Thank you for your writing. Thank you for your friendship and for joining us today. Well, thanks for joining us for this conversation. Please visit youthpastortheologian.com to learn more about our resources. You can find us on social media at Youth Theologian. We also have an active Facebook group where you can ask questions, share articles, and generally encourage fellow youth pastor theologians who are in the trenches with you. We'd sure appreciate it if you'd be so kind as to subscribe, leave a review, or even recommend this podcast to fellow youth workers. You can also subscribe to get new articles delivered to your inbox and to ensure that you don't miss any fresh content by checking out our website at youthpastortheologian.com. Most of all, we appreciate your ministry and your partnership in the gospel. If there's a topic that you'd like us to address, or if you have an article to submit for the blog, then you can also share those on our website by following the submissions tab. In the meantime, keep your eyes on Jesus, and we'll see you next week.